Yo, and welcome back to the Fix Sports Podcast, the realest, blackest, and funniest sports podcast you have ever heard in your entire life. We coming straight from the south, going down. Audio Shop Talk brought to you right in your ear hole by yours truly, Joseph Ward, right here on the Freedom Train Network at www.freedomtrainradio.com. I got a new background thing going on. We got some upgrades right here. We got a new background thing going on because we trying to bring some new fancy stuff to y'all right here on the Fix Sports Podcast, right here on the Freedom Train Network as a whole. So get down, stay down, be down, how we do what we do when we do what we do. You heard me? I'm excited. It is episode 29. That means we have two more episodes in this season. And we got to close this season six off, right? Because season six was a good season, real good season. Had some improvements on a lot of things and did some new things right here on season six. But we don't get too far in that today because we got a show to get to. But I do want to thank all of my new viewers and listeners. Welcome to the Fix Sports Podcast and all of my returning viewers and listeners. Y'all know y'all the realest for supporting your homeboy. So salute to all of you. Remember that the Fix Sports Podcast is brought to you by On the Shoulders of Giants. And On the Shoulders of Giants brings you African history at your fingertips and on the go. Our stories from our perspective at your fingertips. And all you got to do is visit the website at www.ontheshoulders1.com. That's the number one, www.ontheshoulders1.com. That way you can indulge in all of the African history that On the Shoulders of Giants provides. And they provide that through a book series, a blog. YouTube channel, an app, a nonprofit organization, an online course, and virtual classes. So www.ontheshoulders1.com. All right. What we talking about today, Willie? Hey, man, today. So we got some things. We got some things. We got some things to get into. We're gonna, we, we still up in this Kwame Brown saga, so we're going to continue with that. And just talk about little things. I forgot to talk about something last week, but I'm talking about it this week. Now, I mentioned it, but I ain't talking about it, so I was tripping. So, HBCU Spotlight, right? Got a young man named Jordan Lewis. And Jordan Lewis makes history as a Buchanan with the Buchanan Award. And no, they're not talking about Ray Buchanan. They're not talking about... Uh, um, yeah, yep. They're not talking about that either. So, but the HBCU spotlight, Jordan Lewis, make history. So we're gonna find out what type of history he made. Then we're gonna talk about Tyson Fury, or what we thought was gonna be. I mean, we're gonna talk about Fury Wilder. That's what I mean. That's what I mean to so say. We're gonna talk about Fury Wilder. What we thought was gonna be Fury Joshua, but now a judge said, "Nah, Fury Wilder, treat." So we're going to talk about that. What, we, what I forgot to talk about last week is J. Cole, actually, the rapper J. Cole actually made this pro basketball debut in an African league. Um, apparently, it's over now, but he made his debut. You know, we got excited by him being on Slam Magazine. We did talk about that, but the debut is over. So we're going to get on and talk about that. But shout out to J. Cole anyway, fire album, fire album. Then we're going to get into a controversy where retired black NFL players are alleging bias when it comes to brain injury payouts. They're saying the white players getting paid, but us black players ain't getting paid. What's the drill, yo? What the, what the, what's the, what's the deal, yo? So we're going to get into that. Um, there's an NBA, uh, excuse me, a WNBA coach who has been suspended and fined for body shaming and opposing player doing a game. Well, what he said? Do we got to unleash the beast on his ass? What he said? So we're going to find out what Buddy said. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, says stupid ass simp, has responded to Kwame Brown. And the only way he knows how to respond to Kwame Brown, and that's the Stephen A. Smith way, which is exactly what we expected SAS to do. So we're going to talk about that. And then our weekly rant is aimed at these NBA fans who think they live out here, these streets who think they got these hands, who there's a, there was a 76ers fan who dumped popcorn on Russell Westbrook. 
and allegedly a Knicks fan spit at um, uh, Trey Young. Man, y'all better get y'all minds right out here in these streets, all right? And stop acting like y'all got some immunity, like y'all can't get them hands put on y'all, all right? But we got to start this, start, 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 start to figure, 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 start this thing all right. HBCU spotlight, figure, start this thing, figure, start this thing, figure, we got to start this thing off right. With that HBCU spotlight, we got to start this thing off right. Ficky, 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 Spotlight. That's my human beatbox thing. I practiced that for two minutes earlier. Okay, so Jordan Lewis makes history with the Buchanan Award. The Buchanan Award. So the SWAC is not supposed to be a defensive league. That's what they said. Well, that's going to change because FAMU and the SWAC now. So when FAMU get the stuff, you know, we make it better. So the SWAC going to be defensive, offensive, special teams, all that because FAMU and that. But don't tell that to Jordan Lewis, right? Because Jordan Lewis got a FAMU mentality no matter what school it plays. So the defensive end from Southern University was named the Spring 2021 Winner of the Stats Buck Buchanan Award. Well, what is the Stats Buck Buchanan Award, Willie? The award was given to the top defensive player in FCS football. Well, I declare. So, Lewis, a 6'3", 195-pound defensive end, is most uh, most definitely deserving. He finished with 10 and a half sacks during the spring. That's an impressive total for an entire season, let alone five games. Ten and a half sacks, 10.5, 10.5, 10 10.5 half sacks, five games. Southern University, Jordan Lewis, mind right, get it. So, Bill, of course, he's from he's from Florida. That's why, because he's from Florida. So, the Ocala, Florida native led the SWAC and FCS in sacks and tackles for loss with 15 for 82 yards in five games. He finished the spring season with 27 tackles, 19 solo tackles, 15 tackles for loss, and a forced fumble in addition to his his sack totals. Five games. Lewis started the season on fire, recording 11 tackles and four sacks against Alabama State. His performance not only earned him Player of the Week honors, but also recognition from Alabama State head coach Donald Hill Ely. Black boy, we tried different things. Of chipping him, slowing him down, and some of the stuff was successful. But the kid's a great athlete. That's what Ely said. When we start chipping him, he started spinning inside and still making plays, getting pressure. He was disruptive, no question about it. Jordan Lewis' disruptive performance against Jackson State on national television. He finished with three sacks and 4.5 tackles for loss as SU beat Jackson State 34-14. The Buck Buchanan Award is named after the former Grambling State lineman who went on to start in the AFL and NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. Ironically, Lewis is the first player from the SWAC to win the award, which has been given since 1995. North Carolina a Chris McNeil, Bethune-Cookman, Rasheen Mathis, one time for Rasheen Mathis, and Norfolk State's Deion King have all won the, the award previously. That boy named Jordan Lewis, I knew he can do it. Hey, 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 because it's last name Lewis. Joe and Luke. I know we can do it. Hey, hey, hey. Got a name, John Lewis. Got John Lewis can do it. If you can do it, you ain't Lewis. Jordan Lewis can do it. So, one time for that homie, Jordan Lewis, our new homeboy, out here in these streets, holding it down for the, for the 21 and 22, becoming the Buchanan Award winner, the first in the SWAC in a long time. Bringing that home, bringing that award home. That's how you do it. Man, y'all, 
Insert hand claps. Insert hand claps. Insert hand claps. Hand claps. Hand claps. Hand claps. Hand claps. Hand claps. Start fade. Start fade. Start fade. And in. Jordan Lewis. You get your flowers right here from the Fix Sports Podcast. Salute, my man. Salute, salute, salute. Now let's get up into these topics. Let's get balls deep into these topics. All right. Cause somebody, somebody gonna get that. But we don't know who it is. Somebody gonna get that. But we just don't know who it is. So we was all set. We was all ready. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, a meeting of the heavyweights, a clash of the titans, right? A barrage from the uh, Bigfoots, a showdown of the Sultans, uh, a, 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 a rumble in the jungle. Haynes was about to get thrown. Paul's was going to get put on somebody. Somebody was going to get them paws put on them. Two big, gargantuan heavyweights. Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. Two of the most skilled heavyweights in boxing right now. We was all ready because Tyson Fury had to beat Deontay Wilder. Anthony Joshua got his revenge on uh, Ruiz. I think that's the buddy last name that beat him. So Anthony Joshua, because the first fight, old boy put them paws on Joshua. Joshua came out there lacking, which shouldn't have happened. Because if Anthony Joshua wouldn't have lost the old boy, we wouldn't be here right now. Because we would have been had a Joshua Wilder fight, which would have probably been led to a Joshua Fury fight. because. I well, I used to think Anthony Joshua was the most skilled big man, but now I think Tyson Fury is the most skilled. But I do think Joshua can beat Fury, but I think Fury can beat Joshua as well. So I was like, this is going to be a good fight because we got two skilled fighters. Um, I think Fury can take punches better than Joshua, though. But Joshua is very, very, very skilled. Um, his defense ain't the greatest, but he's very skilled. Uh, uh, Fury has better defense than Joshua, in my opinion. And um, I think I think that's where they really differ is the defense. Or oh, well, well, Fury gets a lot of the edges, the defense, and the and the the ability to take a punch better than Joshua. Now Deontay Wilder, he's the least skilled of all of them. His defense is the worst, and he take a punch the worst out of all three of them, right? So, Deontay, if we had to go high, medium, and hell on, high would be Fury, medium would be Joshua, and hell on would be Wilder, right? So, let's read. So, John Fury, the father of WBC heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, has said, um, has had his say on his son's upcoming clash with Deontay Wilder. Tyson appeared set to be taken on Anthony Joshua in the huge unification bout in Saudi Arabia, but Wilder's right to a rematch with the man who defeated him in February 2020 was approved by an arbit by an arbitrary by it was approved by a judge this month. Fury is now facing Wilder for the third time on July 25th, which uh it and it looks like Joshua will defend his WBO crown against mandatory challenger Olex- Alexander Yusik. Although that's not the worst uh, case scenario for the heavyweight division, it doesn't provide fight fans with the fight they desperately crave. Fury's dad is unhappy with how the situation has unfolded. Yeah. We want to see Fury Joshua. We didn't want to see Fury Wilder again because. Fury was the better fighter both times. 
Joshua was, I mean, uh, Wilder was able to get Fury with the right hand the first time, and the right hand saved the fight for Josh. I mean, for for Wilder, and it's because he was he was losing, him knocking Fury down in that first fight, late in the fight, saved the fight for for Wilder because Wilder was gonna lose. Second fight, Fury was like, "I'm not gonna let you get that right hand on me." And he didn't. He put them paws on Joshua. Now they want us to see it again. We don't want to see that again, even though we're going to watch it. I want to see Wilder. I mean, I want to see Fury, Joshua. That's what I want to see. Um, this is what happens when you get to the top. There's a lot of leeches out here. A lot of hangers on, said Fury, in an interview with BT Sport. You can see what's happening in America with him appalling work. Uh, to be honest with you, it's uh, diabolical, isn't it? And that's what fury was saying about wilder so you've geared up for one uh you've you've you're geared up to fight one man and all of a sudden on the 11th hour it's all sorted in 24 hours he signed the contracts and the whole other boxing venue they're around him like locusts i'm thinking to myself how can he think straight and so this is what uh fury is saying about Wilder. fury also added he could blame his team no one else Anything, uh, anything rushed is no good, and that's been rushed. He was fighting AJ. I wanted him to fight AJ. I had no interest in Deontay Wilder. I told him, oh, so, excuse me, this is Fury's father. Uh, I told him in a phone conversation to chuck, uh, to chuck the belt in the bin, let him Wilder have it, and fight AJ on August 14th, as was planned. Hey. I'm concerned whether Tyson can raise his game for Wilder. Whether he gets complacent, makes a mistake, it's it's got a good chance of going wrong out there. The danger point is getting fair play out there. At the minute, the American boxing fraternity has been embarrassed from the last es escapade. Why wouldn't you take a 20 million step aside without fighting and a guaranteed shot at the winner when you're fighting for a lot less money and you're risking getting your skull caved in again? It doesn't make sense. So obviously the powers that be in America are involved. They're calling the shots and trapped them both. And this is, uh, what's his name? Let me find his name again. John Fury. So this is John Fury, the father of Tyson Fury. This is what John Fury has to say about the upcoming Fury Wilder fight number three. It's not a highly sought after fight. I mean, people are gonna watch it. I mean, let's just be real. When it comes to heavyweight boxing, it's three people. It's Wilder, Fury, and Joshua. Outside of that, we ain't talking about nothing. It ain't talking about nothing. So anytime it's why any of those three, people are gonna watch it. So they know people are gonna watch it. Um, it's gonna be interesting. Of course, most people expect Fury to win, but this is boxing. Anything could go. We do know Deontay Wilder has a dynamite right hand, but Deontay Wilder is not a boxer. He's a fighter. Um, I don't know. I know we was all we was all ready for Wilder. I mean, I keep saying Wilder. We we was all ready for Joshua Fury, and that's where it was. That's what that's that's what what the thing was, Joshua. Joshua Fury, but I don't know. That sounds like somebody's cousin, nigga named Joshua Fury. But yeah, that's that's what the thing is. The judge ordered that Wilder Fury have to happen. So we're gonna watch it. We're not gonna like it, but we're gonna watch it. And we expect or us the us is at the fixed sports podcast being objective. I expect Fury to win. As I said earlier, Fury is the better boxer. He's the more skilled boxer. Now, does that mean that Wilder can't catch him with a right and do something? Nah, that, that don't mean that. Wilder could possibly catch him with a right and do something. But I expect Fury to outbox him again and win the fight. So that's what's happening. Um, so July 25th is going down. Joshua. Wilder Fury, July 25th, for the third time, it's going down in the South. And if you don't like it, well, it's not really. 
it's technically not going down in the South. I was just saying that because I like saying going down in the South because I'm in the South and I like going down. <laughs> Let me stop. But um, yeah, that's what's happening. So we're July 25th up in the house. Somebody gonna get there. And we're gonna see who it is. I I let's talk a little more rap and hoops. Hey yo, I spit these bars because I'm the illest when it comes to rhyming. I got so many girls that they mistake me for Frankie Lyman. I ain't lying, steady climbing. People want to get down because I be. Because I be mining like I'm crypto, but I flip, though. Try to get slick, hit you in your lip, though. Elliptical in the gym with the workout. Hey, but you can catch me on the block with the birds in the workout. <laughs> Putting on muscle meaning weight, though. In the kitchen cooking up, man. You know that cake, though. Talking these drug raps in the streets. Don't make me remove all your cold because I'm bringing the heat. Oh, shoot. My eyes is on the block and I keep them on the prize. Like McDonald, I get the grease because I'm heating up the fries. You and your guys going to lie in the grass six feet. If you're messing with me, man, I bring the meals like a meat. Ooh, but they never inherit the earth. Um, 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 um. You know my net worth blue like a smurf. Got to get the turf. Everybody say murks. All right, let me stop. Let me stop. All right, so the homie J. Cole made his pro basketball debut a little bit ago. Like a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago or something like that. And we well, played three games, and it, it's OVN. So he's not playing anymore. He's done after three games. Let's find out why. I don't know. When I heard it, I was like, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. I was just kind of curious of what was the reason behind such a short time playing professional basketball. Um, maybe just want to try it out. I was, some I don't know. But shoot, let's read. It says, J. Cole's pro basketball run came to an end this week. Um, and this was May 28th. Uh, so that was this week because it's May 31st. But my dumb ass. But J. Cole's pro basketball run came to an end this week following three preliminary games in the Basketball Africa League, suiting up for the Rwanda Patriots, BBC. Cole departed from Rwanda and returned home reportedly due to family obligations. After soaking in his professional basketball experience for a few days, the former St. John's walk-on summed up his all-time in the in the BAL and plans for the future when it comes to hooping in a sincere Instagram post Thursday night, which was May 27th. Thank you to the BAL and to the Patriots BBC for the opportunity he began. Thank you to my teammates, the coaches and staff for treating me like family. I learned so much in a few weeks. We were together. Congrats on that win tonight and good luck next game. Thank you to the entire country of Rwanda and the city of Kigali for hosting us. Beautiful land with beautiful people. To anyone considering visiting or moving to the continent from everything I saw and heard, I would recommend you consider Kigali and Rwanda in general. So J. Cole signed off with a message of determination regarding how he plans to keep pursuing his hoop dreams, even at 36 years old. Thank you to everybody that had kind words for me, despite my inexperience, Cole concluded. I plan to get better. Cole finished with the stat line of five points, three assists and five rebounds in three games. Coming off the bench, the Patriots held a 2-1 record with, this, with the superstar rapper in the group stage and took home another win in the quarterfinals on Thursday when they edged out 
uh, another team by a score of 73 to 71. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of that team. While J. Cole stop sending me messages. I'm trying to do a show. Y'all sending, stop sending me messages. All right. While J. Cole drew praise from numerous NBA ballers, there was one player in the NBA who believed Cole playing in the league was disrespectful to others who were more deserving of a roster spot. So I was, I was, I was about to ask you guys that question. I was going to ask y'all that question. Do y'all think it was kind of disrespectful to the sport and to the league and to the teams and to the other players who be out there like really trying to do basketball for real, for real on a regular basis? Do y'all think it's kind of disrespectful for J. Cole? Is it? Is it in line with Tim Tebow? So should we be? Well, it is. If I'm, if I'm gonna be real, it is. It's in line with the Tim Tebow thing. They gave J. Cole a shot because he's J. Cole. Because if he wasn't J. Cole, he wouldn't have got that shot. If I'm going to be real. If I'm going to be real, if I'm going to keep it down the middle, if I'm going to keep the same energy, you know, I try to keep that same energy. It, it, it's the same thing as the, as the Tim Tebow thing. They gave it to somebody. Be, uh, what the, the difference is, J. Cole got this because, of, because he's J. Cole. Tim Tebow got the shot because of Urban Meyer, and he's Tim Tebow to Urban Meyer, and J. Cole is J. Cole to the world. So should somebody else have been able to compete for that spot? Yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna keep it 100. Yeah. Yeah, they J. Cole, J. Cole probably wasn't the most deserving. I'm not gonna say he was, he wasn't, and I'm not gonna say he was, but he probably wasn't the most deserving person. Or he might have been. He might have beat out somebody. I don't know. But he probably wasn't the most deserving person of that position. Um, and I think that's where the, the player is coming in and saying, well, well, what about what about the other cats who've been over here trying to play? What about them? They don't get no roster spot. And, and Buddy played three games. Y'all gave up a roster spot for three games. I mean, what we what we doing here? Right. So this is me playing devil's advocate. Right. Y'all gave a buddy. Y'all gave a buddy who's 36, who hasn't really played organized basketball probably over 10 years. I know he's been working out and doing all these other things, but we've been out here doing this thing. And anybody's been out here trying to do this. And y'all gave Jake Cole a roster spot for three days, for three games. Well, you could have gave somebody else who's going to be there for the full season and give you more. But you all wanted the press. So here it is. You got the press and and you back in the position that you was in because now you got to fill another roster spot. So I get that. I get that. I, I can't be mad at that. I can't be mad and I can't disagree with that. Because if I disagree, then I'll be a hypocrite because I'm not coming with the same energy that I came toward Tim Tebow with. And I got to come with the same energy because I'm going to keep the same energy type of person, no matter who it is. No disrespect to J. Cole, even though all disrespect to Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. Well, not necessarily Tim Tebow, but all disrespect to Urban Meyer. But they gave Buddy a shot. He probably wasn't the most deserving person of the shot. So let's read some more. I think there's a negative and a positive to J. Cole's presence, rival player and BAL leading scorer Terrell uh, Stoglin told ESPN. The negative part of it is I think he took someone's job that deserved it. I, I can't I can't disagree with that. I, I can't disagree with that. I live in a basketball world. I don't live in a fan world. I know a lot of guys that had their career stopped by COVID and they're still home working out and training for an opportunity like this. I, I can't be mad at mad at him for that comment. So um, now how much work and how much trying and how much of stuff that J. Cole put in to get on the team? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that the statement the gentleman made ain't it ain't a bad statement. It ain't a crazy statement. It ain't like a flu gaze or like, oh, you hating type of statement. It's real. It's being real. Hey, man, somebody else was, I believe somebody else was more deserving of that spot. But they gave a shot to J. Cole. Um, you know, shouts out to J. Cole for doing what he do. But, you know, if we being real and we keeping the same energy, we got to get the same energy that we gave to Tim Tebow. Somebody else should have got that opportunity because 
they would have been in that spot more than three days, three games. So, but hey, man, go get go get the offseason. That shit fire. And keep supporting the homie J. Cole. I don't think J. Cole did anything wrong. Just like I don't think Tim Tebow did anything wrong. It's more Urban Meyer and it's more the 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 people who call the shots. So yeah. But that's it. Hey man, J. Cole, man, continue doing your thing, continue balling, continue dropping five albums. Ain't too many rappers out here can touch you right now. Do your thing, my brother. Do your thing. Do your thing. So let's get into some 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 controversial dun 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 news. So retired black NFL players allege bias and brain injury payouts. So what is they talking about? What they talking about, Willie? Willie. Willie Earl. Willie Earl. Willie Earl. What are they talking about? So thousands of retired black professional football players, their families, and supporters are demanding an end to the controversial use of race normer, race norming, race norming to determine which players are eligible for payouts in the NFL's one billion settlement of brain injury claims. A system expert says is discriminatory. Dun dun dun! I'm gonna get some of that music, some of these sound effects for real. So, former Washington running back Ken Jenkins, who's 60 years old, and his wife, Amy Lewis, on Friday delivered 50,000 pensions demanding equal treatment for black players to Senator U.S. District Judge Anita B. Brody in Philadelphia, who was overseeing the massive settlement. Former players who suffer dementia and other diagnoses can be eligible for a payout. Under the settlement, however, the NFL has insisted on using a scoring algorithm on the dementia testing that assumes black men start with lower cognitive skills. They must therefore score much lower than whites to show enough mental decline to win an award. The practice, which went unnoticed until 2018, has made it harder for former black players to get awards. Hold on, let me read that again. Under the settlement, however, the NFL has insisted on using a scoring algorithm on the dementia testing that assumes black men start with lower cognitive skills. Wow. That's what we do in NFL. But I'm not surprised. I just had to th- I, I I was I was taken aback for a second and then I had to re- I had to remember who we was talking about. We're talking about the National Football League. The National Football League been thought black men had a lower cognitive level than white men. That's why it took so long for black men to really be put into the positions that they are the thinker positions, like the quarterback, the center, middle linebacker, and free safety, right? The one to lick test, flu gazy they've been doing, switching black athletic black quarterbacks to other positions for years. So I'm not surprised at this, and I don't – I don't think that they're most likely lying with these allegations. I don't believe that they they are coming off on some flu gaze. I believe the NFL is most likely allegedly doing this with it. And these allegations could be true that the NFL allegedly is using this algorithm. Allegedly. And saying that black men start with lower cognitive skills. That is funny. That's funny. It's not funny, but it's funny. And the thing about it is we know how these white folk think about us. That's one thing we got. We, we, we have to really digest. They don't think highly of us as intellectual beings. And so, so the thing is like, okay, so the black men have a lower cognitive of uh, they have lower cognitive skills than the white players. So it's going to, it's going to be harder for them to read on the dementia scale to show an actual decline in cognitive abilities. Because how can, how can we really tell that these people have 
really suffered from these brain injuries when they're already stupid. They already don't use their brain to think. So how we know that their thinking ability has been minimized? They already don't think. So what are we talking about here? That's basically what they're saying, allegedly. That's what's been alleged that the NFL is doing with that algorithm to eliminate paying black players out of that $1 billion settlement due to brain injuries. Hey, your homeboy ain't surprised, man. Look, nothing about white supremacy surprises me. Nothing about the system of racism surprises me. Nothing about people maintaining dominance and and making sure that they folk get the wealth, keep the wealth. It don't surprise me, B. It don't surprise me at all, B. So, I believe that they got something. I believe they own something. Can they actually reverse things and be able to benefit? We're going to see. We're going to keep our eyes on this, but I'm not surprised. Shout out to the NFL for maintaining their racist ways. (laughs) You know? Hey, hey, we don't. We don't need to pay black players, former black players for for the brain injuries they may have suffered while playing in this game that we own. Because we don't have to be able to determine if they have really suffered from these brain injuries because they're not smart enough to really register on our scale anyway. So how are we going to really show that black men have had a decline in cognitive abilities? How you go from a two? How you how you go from a from a two to a one and think we're supposed to see a significant drop? That's what these that's what they think. This is what they're thinking. Hey, if you already dumb, what's the scale we're gonna use to see if you got dumber? Because our scale don't go that low. That's what they're saying. Because they don't respect us. And they've never seen us as human. Flora and fauna is how they see us. So it's up to us to see us as God. You, you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? If they're going to see us as floors and fauna, we're going to see ourselves as gods. Hallelujah. So let's get to some more controversy because these folk out here tripping in these streets. And if you don't know, now you know glory. Glory. Lately, I've been going through some things that's really got me down. Put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. I need someone, somebody who's going to turn my life around. So a WNBA coach is suspended and fined for body shaming and opposing player during the game. Well, what the smelling sauce did he say about this woman? Do we got to put the paws on them? Do we got to put the paws on them? Because somebody out there be tripping. What in the hot dog water was said? Maybe this guy would think twice before he next, before his next courtside outburst. What well, a motherfucker better think before he get jacked up, smacked up. So the head coach of the WNBA's Connecticut Sun has been suspended and fined 10,000 smackaroos after he tried to body shame an opposing player. Liz Cambridge, and shout out to Liz Cambridge. Shout out to Liz Cambridge. Beautiful young lady, but shout out to her. I'll fight for Liz Cambridge, though. Liz Cambridge of the Las Vegas Aces called out Kurt Miller. Fuck you, Kurt. Fuck you, Kurt. After he made a disparaging comment about her doing Sunday's Aces game and Suns game. According to the player, when Miller was berating an official for a call, he shouted out, come on, she's 300 pounds. In an Instagram story, Cambridge pointed out that she's six feet, eight inches tall and weighs 235 pounds. And she's very proud of being a big bitch. Now, she's not a big bitch. She don't have to. I hate. I hate when women call themselves bitches. I just do. Liz Cambridge, you're not a big bitch. You are a beautiful woman, a grown-ass woman. That's what you are. You don't have to respond to his fuck ass by calling yourself a big bitch. Let me respond to him by calling him a hoe. He's a bitch. You're not a bitch, Liz. 
he's a bitch. You are a beautiful woman. You are six feet eight, 235 pounds of beautiful. Fuck. Uh, uh, what the boy name? I just forgot the white boy name. Um, what is his name? Kurt Miller. Fuck Kurt Miller. Kurt Miller is a big bitch. You're not a big bitch. I just mean, just I just don't like women calling themselves bitches, especially black women call themselves bitches. She went on to tell Miller, I will never let a man disrespect me ever, 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 especially a little white one <laughs> with his little wee wee. Fuck you, Kurt Miller, with your little wee wee. Your little, you, you a little bitch, Kurt Miller. Watch your mouth, you bitch. See, so my come on, she 300 pounds. Well, your wife is. Not satisfied with your little wee wee, and guess what? Liz Cambridge is a somebody, and you a nobody, Kurt Miller. That's fucked up, though. That's fucked up that you got to come out and say some shit like that. Come on, she three hundred pounds, yep, and she'll whoop your ass, and we'll whoop your ass too, Kurt Miller. You better watch what you saying, boy. Give him that Carmen Brown, boy. No, I'm just playing. I won't really whoop his ass. I won't really do that. I don't know Kurt Miller like that. I won't really try to whip his ass. But I'm going to talk shit to Kurt Miller. Fuck you. You a bitch, though. Man, you got to, y'all got, y'all, but see, that's the thing. Once again, the disrespect. If they don't respect black men, well, what you think? How you think they feel about black women? These folk don't respect us. So we got to make them respect us. But first, we got to respect ourselves highly respect ourselves and then we got to start demanding our respect and and literally metaphorically intellectually all these different ways Shalise busting folk in the mouth for disrespecting us all right and she would never ever 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 let a little white man disrespect her with his little wee wee um, don't ever try to disrespect me or another woman in the league, you little bitch. In the statement before his suspension and fine was confirmed. Miller apologized for his remark, saying it was made in the heat of the moment. Yeah, well, your girl didn't come in the heat of the moment. Your wife is at my house in the heat of the moment. Kurt Miller. Don't kiss her. Kurt Miller. But we're also tired of these weak-ass excuses by these weak-ass white men when they do this weak-ass shit. You know, this is something like, come on, man. You wouldn't you wouldn't stand for somebody saying this about one of your players. So the fact that you would say this about another, another team's players is that bullshit. And you can keep your apology. Don't apologize, ho. Be a better person. You a whole ass person, Kurt Miller, for saying that. And you just another you just another white man or another person in line that got in line to punch your ticket. Publicly disrespect black women. And we ain't standing for that shit, Kurt Miller. I figure you's a hole in your hand and you can't help it. Cause you don't know. I say use a hole and you can't help it. Cause you don't know. No. No. But see, now you know Kurt Miller. And like G.I. Joe said, knowing is half the battle. So now that you know you a bitch, stop being a bitch every day. And watch your motherfucking mouth, little ass white boy. All right. So let's get to some more disrespect. So this Kwame Brown situation. Pew, 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 pew. Shots fire everywhere. Throw a grenade. Explosion. Explosion. Take cover. Explosions. Explosions everywhere. Shots everywhere. Shots fired. Kwame Brown closing his eyes and shooting at everybody. Like the scene, he just walking away. Right? And the thing is, 
Kwame Brown got all right to say what he's saying and, sh- and firing back shots at people. Stephen A. Smith, Matt Brown, Matt Barnes, uh, Stephen Jackson, Jamel Hill, uh, Charlemagne the God, um, now Tommy Sotomayor, um, all these all these people. Um, shout out to the to the live stream that Tommy, uh, not Tommy, but Kwame Brown and Judge Joe Brown did live. If you haven't checked that out, go go to Kwame Brown's channel. And he and Judge Joe Brown did a sit down and Judge Joe Brown gave us a history lesson like no other. So shout out to both of those two gentlemen. Um, so we are gathered here today to talk about the weak ass life of Stephen A. Smith. So Stephen A. Smith goes on ESPN last week and Kwame Brown, Kwame Brown, you wanted you wanted a response from me, Kwame Brown. You got a response from me, Kwame Brown. I'm trying to sound like the macho man. Oh yeah, brother. I'm Stephen A. Smith, brother. And I got a video, brother, of your low lights, brother. And I'm gonna show everybody, brother. How many times you made a mistake in a basketball game, brother? The same mistakes in the same videos that I've been showing for the last 20 years, brother. I have no new material and nothing new to say, brother. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Stephen A. Smith is a bitch been telling y'all that shit so Stephen a goes on to show an eight minute low light video of kwame brown in the nba stuff he's all he's been showing basically doing exactly what kwame brown said he would do in an attempt to get back at him and respond to take the upper hand to be on top i'm not i'm not a man that's into being on top of other men so uh Stephen S. Smith goes on to do that. What was funny is if you looked in the comments of the video, go go to YouTube and find the video. If you look in the comments of the video, everybody's trashing Stephen A. Smith. And in the majority of the comments are like, Stephen A, you're doing exactly what Kwame Brown said you was gonna do. You're being exactly who Kwame Brown said you was gonna be. A whole hoe out here in these streets. And 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 instead of apologizing, because that's what that's what the majority of people are saying. Why why not just apologize? Well, why shoot back? So Stephen A goes on ESPN, the, the white network, and continues to bash the black man that he's been bashing for the last 20 years in an attempt to respond and defend himself. Instead of just apologize for being called out for being a fuck boy for being a sambo i mean stephen a smith matter of fact it was pointed out that stephen a smith wasn't even when um the exchange that jalen rose stephen a smith and 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 skip bayless was having about Kwame Brown, when Jalen Rose was telling them at the time, Kwame Brown can't be a bust. He's in the league at at this time, ten years. And Stephen A. Smith, Kwame Brown is such as he's terrible. He's this, he's that. Stephen A. Smith wasn't even working at ESPN at that time. So that tirade that he went on Kwame Brown and that defense of Kwame Brown is garbage and stuff that helped him get a job with ESPN. Also, Stephen A. Smith going on to the different colleges going on the campuses at the colleges on this little tour, whatever he was on and continuing to talk junk about Kwame Brown and using Kwame Brown as the example of guess what, what not to be in life. Right. Those things, Stephen, they basically in a nutshell, Stephen A. Smith trashing Tommy Kwame Brown is what got Stephen A. Smith, his job, that security job at ESPN, Stephen A. Smith, going on talking mad shit about Kwame Brown. That secured the spot for him at ESPN. How how crazy is that? How sick is that? How diabolical is that? How Sam Boish 
is that. That's that that should tell you everything you need to know about Stephen A. Smith. That should tell you how much of a whole hoe he is out here in these streets. That should tell you that Stephen A. Smith would do anything, anything to make that white man happy. That's what Stephen A. Smith would do. Any and everything to make that white man. You want to try to tell me that I'm a Sambo. Yes, Stephen A. Smith, you are Sambo. Your actions continue to show it. We've been saying it for the longest. That's why a lot of people ain't been rocking with you. That's why a lot of people stopped watching your stuff. That's why we started watching Skip and Shannon. Then we got tired of Skip being a bitch. So we ain't watching none of that shit no more. That Nick Wright shit ain't good either. Right. That's why we started our own shows. We started watching our own podcasts. We started watching our others like YouTubers and regular folk making sports shows because we tired of y'all. We tired of you all and the stuff that you're saying and how you're saying it, and especially the way you make black men look in the media. Y'all make black athletes look horrible. And that's the reason why I started this, which is just the realest, blackest and funniest sports podcast you have ever heard. Right. Because we're going to talk about our black athletes in a positive light. If they did something wrong, we're going to hold them accountable. But we're going to talk about them in a positive light. And we're going to stay on cold. And Stephen A. Smith, if you can't learn to stop being a bitch, just understand that the people are now fighting back. The people have the voice and the people are fighting back. And we don't have to support you, my brother. You can be supported by these white folk. And he and he sell out black folk, but the real ones we ain't supporting you in that bullshit no more. Skip Bayless we ain't supporting you in that bullshit no more. Oh yeah, Tommy Sotomayor, sit your bitch ass down. Tommy Sotomayor throwing this hat in the ring because he want people to talk about him and shit like that because he mad that Kwame Brown didn't want to come on this show. Sit your fuck ass down with your weak ass show and your weak ass career, your weak ass life, and your weak ass Negro and eat shit. And die and and pull, do the world a favor. Stephen A. Smith and Tommy Sotomayor, but mostly Stephen A. Smith, eat a bag of shit and pull your bottom lip over your head and swap, because your father should have pulled out. That's all I got to say about that. So let's get to this weekly rant. It's time. Time for my weekly rant. These fans out here tripping. These fans want these hands. These fans want these hands. Because you got to be out your mind for throwing popcorn on Russell Westbrook, you weak-ass Philadelphia 76 a fan. And allegedly, it looks like one of these New York Knicks fans spit at Trey Young. What the hell is going on between the sheets and y'all homes? What has gotten into y'all? Y'all think you think you tough. That's what that is. You think you tough. You think you won't get hit with the blicky. You think you won't get these hands put on you or get hit with the blicky? Dude who poured popcorn on Russell Westbrook, I hope you get syphilis and herpes and hepatitis B and lymphogranuloma venereum, which is a form of chlamydia that's flesh-eating that will cause your body part to balloon up and die. I hope you get lymphogranuloma venereum and don't get treatment in enough time and then eat your private parts up because you shouldn't be a bitch. Yes, I said it. I hope the fan who poured popcorn on Russell Westbrook, I hope you get an STD called lymphogranuloma venereum, which is a form of chlamydia, which is an aggressive form of chlamydia, which could be flesh eaten, and you get it. You don't get treatment in enough time, and your privates balloon and die and fall off because you shouldn't be a bitch. That's the, that's the energy you get back for being a bitch. Leave people alone. I, I, I'm not understanding what 
happened during the game to make this sucker ass person feel like, hey, well, Russell West, Russell Westbrook did something so wrong that I got to pull some goddamn popcorn on him because I'm upset at something that Russell Westbrook did that he was supposed to do because that's his job and getting paid to do it. Even though I'm just an onlooker in here and I probably shouldn't be in here because it's still in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. And I know I ain't got no mask on and I'm probably one of the people who helped spread the corona around the goddamn country anyway. So I'm in here with all these other people with no mask on and probably don't have no vaccine. But even if you do got a vaccine, remember your dumbasses. They say just because just even if you're vaccinated, you can still pass the virus on. The vaccine don't do nothing but help the symptoms and help keep the symptoms at a minimal, but your ass can still pass the virus on. But anywho, he think he live. He think he's somebody. He think he a man. The dude who poured popcorn on Russell Westbrook, he think he a man. And he think he cool because he poured popcorn on Russell Westbrook. You should get the shit slapped out of you. Now, they banned the buddy. I guess they banned him for life for pouring the popcorn on Russell Westbrook, but they should have let Russell go. They should have let Russell go and let Russell go there and put them paws on, buddy. Nah, dog. We don't want no apologies. We don't want none of that other stuff. You shouldn't have done it. The only course of action is these paws. You got to catch a fade for that. Buddy need to get a fade. The Philly fan need to get a fade. Somebody in Philly need to find Buddy and let him know that this is not the proper course of behavior in public. We don't care that you don't like Russell Westbrook. You don't even know that man to not like him. You don't even know that man. You just mad that he doing stuff that you can't do because you was a bitch in life. So, so many people who bitches on this episode, right? But nah, nah, the Sixers fan said, I want to throw popcorn on Russell Westbrook, and that's gonna make me feel like a man. That's gonna make me feel like somebody in life because I poured a, a, a popcorn on Russell Westbrook, yeah, and you got your ass banned, and you should have got your ass. Then they're going to tell me that the fan apologized Thursday and said he had revoked the fans. Oh, the 76ers apologized uh, for the fan and said they revoked his tickets. Man, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find Buddy's name. Let me find Buddy's name so we can tell everybody his name. Coach-ass fan going to pour popcorn on the man as he's leaving the game, going to turn the mind his own business, leaving the game, going to going to deep decompress from the game, going out, do his thing, and live life, eating crabs, watching ladies shake it up all night. And the sis ass fan said, "I want to post some popcorn on Russell because I'm mad. I'm a grown ass man who don't have control over my emotional faculties, and because I'm a grown ass." Bitch made motherfucker with no control of my emotional faculties. I think that I'm going to throw some popcorn. The rest of this stale ass popcorn. I'm going to throw it on Russell because that's what I do. That's what being a bitch is about. Man, you're a bitch. And I just said you the bitch, but you're a bitch again. If you're not going to do it, if you're not going to run up on these cats and do this in their face in the streets, don't get tough in these arenas. Don't get tough in these arenas. And y'all and y'all folk who's, who's sitting around letting stuff like that happen, fuck y'all too. Call them out. Call them out. Do shouldn't be doing that. Because we know damn well you wouldn't do that to Russell Westbrook or any of these other NBA players in real life. Y'all going to learn. Y'all fans going to get... Yeah, Y'all think the, the malice in the palace was enough for y'all to y'all to stop this shit. One day, one day something gonna happen. The fans gonna get really fucked up. And then the fans gonna be mad at the people. But nah, y'all keep fucking with these goddamn players. 
you are not a part of the game. Your your emotional investment means nothing. You pay money to see them play, they play. That's the exchange. Fuck your emotional investment. That's extra. They don't owe you that. They don't owe you nothing but the product on the field. They don't owe you nothing but playing the game. The outcome. They don't even owe you the outcome you want. They just owe you playing the game because you you paid to see them play. That's the only thing they owe you. Anything outside of that, that's your motherfucking fuck. Eat a dick if you don't like it. And all y'all fuck-ass fans need to get y'all life together and get your fucking mind right and stop that bullshit. Hey, man, this is episode 29 of the Fixed Sports Podcast right here on the Freedom Train Network at www.freedomtrainradio.com. Once again, I am Joseph Ward, your host, your your conductor, your, 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 your short arounder. So remember, we're available on Spotify, Google um, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, iTunes, all that. We on all that. Um, um, Patreon. Support your homeboy on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash The Fix. If you want the full video of The Fix Sports Podcast, Patreon.com backslash The Fix. If you want the full video of The Fix Sports Podcast, check out Patreon.com backslash The Fix. Support your homeboy because we coming back with all types of flash shit for y'all in the future, man. Episode 29, Season 6, Fix Sports Podcast. We got two more episodes and we're going to get ready for season seven. So that being said, man, I love y'all. Shout out to my new viewers. One time for my returning viewers. It's really going down in the South. So peace to the Middle East.